giving tzedakah intelligently So when we see that somebody's in the way of harm and could encounter some form of damage, we generally intervene, we do something about it. You see somebody's standing in the way of, of something that could harm them, you intervene and, and we do something. But, but harm to a person's dignity is often more serious than physical harm. And we need to be able to also foresee the possibility of somebody, somebody's dignity being damaged and to be able to intervene to protect their, their dignity. Let's have a look at our Gomorrah. Did you ever learn from Rav Yehuda, our Rebbe, what the din is with an Aruso? We're talking about a woman now who is betrothed. She's not yet married. Uh, she's a Yatoma. She doesn't have a father. And during that period of, of Aruso, where she's betrothed, she's kind of in between. Her brothers aren't looking after her because she's got a, a fiancé. She's got a husband. And her husband isn't taking care of her yet. She's not living with him yet. And so she's in the city, and her father's not alive. So who, who supports her? Uh, do the brothers have to support her? So there are two gives in the Gemara, and the Ikeda Amri is Omale, he said, Honestly, I never heard Rav Yehuda say anything about that. But misvora itla, but logically I would assume that she is supported by her brothers. Since the husband is not yet 100% sure they're going to get married, anything could happen during the year of the Erusin. Who knows? He's not going to invest in supporting her until she's her husband. Omalei, sir, Ravi, Rav Yosef answers to Rav Chista. I ask you whether you heard anything from Rav Yehuda. If you're giving me svarot, if you're giving me logic, I could say the opposite. Misvara letla, I should say on the contrary. Their brothers do not need to support her. Kivan de irsa, she's now been betrothed, lo nichalei de titzil. It's not in the interests of the arus that she should be cheapened. And therefore the Arus, her betrothed, her fiancé, her husband, will take care of her because he doesn't want to see her cheapened. What does that mean, says Rashi? Logically, I would say that she doesn't have support from the brothers. Why did the Rabbonim decree that a Yetoma should be supported an orphan girl should be supported from the property of the father by the brothers. So that she should not have to go begging for money. Where is she going to be supported from? She doesn't inherit from the father. The brothers inherit. They must support her. But here we don't have to worry that if they don't support her, she's going to go begging. If her husband, her Arus, sees she's running around begging on the streets, Zainla, he'll support her, you, from his own property. Even though he's not obligated to do so, since she's, he's already attached to her, it's not in his interest that she should be cheapened. We, it, it seems from here that what Rashi is saying, or it seems it's clear that what Rashi is saying is the shame that the husband is worried about is the shame of her going out, out begging. That's a terrible thing that, the, that his future wife or his Arusa should be on the streets begging. That's a terrible thing. He doesn't want that. 
But there's a subtle difference in the words, in the wording of the Ritvo, which I think throws an interesting light on it. The Ritvo says, even though she's not, he's, he, the Arus, is not obligated to support her, he gives her food, he supports her, the Ritvo doesn't say so that she doesn't have to go out begging. He says, What might that mean? Why the difference in Lashon? The Ritvo might be saying that what the, the Orus is worried about, he, she, he doesn't even want her to have to ask for money from her own brothers. That's also a, a, a ziluta. Asking for money is a terrible thing. And we become desensitized to it because, because we're desensitized to everything and because we're desensitized to this particular area too. Asking for money, having to ask for money. Asking for help is not a, is not a problem. We ask for help all the time. Can you help me with something? That's, that's part, of, part of, of social living. We, we help each other and we ask for help. That's being vulnerable. But to ask for money... There's a ziluta involved in that. There's a cheapening in that. That's something that, that one wants to, uh, one wants to avoid. Um, and, and there are two levels on which I, I, I want to take this. This, this lo nichale, the fact that the husband is not interested, there are two levels on which to take it. The one is damage to his own pride. That my wife is having to ask her brothers or, or, or the public for support. That's, that makes that damages my pride, and there's the, the the Rambam where the Rambam says Derech Bal Deya the Rambam Deus. It's the way of intelligent people. First, a man must have a profession; he must have income. And then he should acquire a home. And then he'll then he should marry a woman. Uh, today, of course, and in the Frum world particularly, but even it, even not in that, it, it doesn't work this way. And there's lots of discussion as whether it do, should or shouldn't, or why it doesn't. But the Ramba makes clear that the intelligent way is for a for a man to be able to support his wife before he marries her. That's important for his dignity. It's important for the dynamic between them. It's important for his masculinity. It's important for the male-female t- tension that he's able to support her. And where that's not possible, of course, the, the, the woman supports. And today in, in Kodalim, the, the women do amazing uh, acts of sacrifice in supporting the husband. But there are elements of it that aren't that healthy. Shinema and the Ramam goes on to bring proofs and explain why that is so. So the one element of lo nichale that he doesn't want to see her ziluta is it damages his own pride. That's why it's lo nichale that my arusa should can't come to me. She's got to go to her brothers, uh, particularly according to Ritvo, where the ziluta is even to go to her brothers. Even that is a uh, a kind of a, a mark against me as the husband who's supposed to be supporting her, even though I don't have a legal obligation to support her. But what kind of a man am I that my Arusa is having to go to her brothers to ask for support? That's not the past need. It's not right. That's the one level. But the other level is, is just understanding the terrible shame in having to ask for money. There's a, a, a Yerushalmi where the Gemara says, Rabbi Hanina Bar Papa have a maflig mitzvah belelia. Rabbi Hanina Bar Papa used to give stocker at night. He used to go out at night and, and, uh, and, and give stocker. Chadzman, Pagabe, Ravon, Deruche. We've had this in the Bavli as well. One night, 
the master of spirits met him and said, Did our Rebbe Moshe Rabbeinu not teach us that you shouldn't trespass? And night is my area, it's my time. Uh, this is not a time that we should, uh, we should be, we, we learned in the Shulchan Aruch yesterday how boundaries of time are similar to boundaries of space. The, just as, the, as Lord Tasig, Gevul Reecha means don't go into somebody else's space, he says, don't go into somebody else's time either. This is my time, night time. Why are you running around the streets? Does it not say in, in Mishle that if a person gives tzedakah secretly, it protects him from anger? And the head of the spirits got a fright and he ran away and Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa wasn't damaged. So you see the risk that he was willing to take in order to give his tzedakah secretly so that the poor person should not, not have to confront him, should not have to ask him for money. Just the sensitivity of understanding what it is to ask somebody for money, to put one's hand, hand out, and how Rabbi Hanina avoided that. It's interesting that in Tzubis, in a few daft time, we've got the case of Mar Ukve, um, who used to, was late once, coming to the base of Medrash. So his wife came with him to give Tzedakah. He used to give Tzedakah by putting the money through the crack in the door so that the poor person won't even know who it came from. The poor person would wake up in the morning and at the door, in the, in the mailbox, there would be money, but they would never see him. Um, and the Gemara says, and, and that particular time, a, the poor person decided, I want to know who's giving this money. I want to know who it is. So he stayed up or he woke up. He heard the door being moved as they came. So he opened the door and ran after uh, Marukva and his wife. They were together. They were doing this mitzvah together. He ran away, the two of them, Rabbi and Mrs. Ukva, ran away and they hid somewhere where there was actually a fire that was on its way out. It was, it was already ash over it. It wasn't a burning fire, but it was very hot. Marukva's feet started burning. They were hiding. They found a little corner to hide away. So they're running away. He's willing to stand on a furnace so that the poor person shouldn't discover who he is because he's so aware of the terrible embarrassment of having to confront the person who's giving you the tzedakah. It's so sad. Stand on my feet because my feet aren't burning. Marukva was shocked. Why are my feet burning and my wife's feet aren't burning? What kind of tzitkas does she have that I don't have? Amrale, she said, I do better tzedakah than you. I stay at home and the poor people come to the house and I give them food and they can eat immediately. You give them money, <clears throat> they've still got to go and, and get the money together and go to the store. It takes time. So my stocky is more immediate than, than yours. The Gemara goes, my coolie, hi, why were they, did they have to go and burn their feet? We've had this before, that, the, that one should be willing to suffer the pain of burning rather than to cause somebody else shame. And therefore, though giving tzedakah is such a mitzvah, to do it in a way where there's no shame is, the, is, is what's really important for, 
for Maruchve and, and his wife. But we see there are two ways of giving tzedakah. On the one hand, there's a mile, there's an advantage to give tzedakah in a way where the poor person isn't confronted by the giver. On the other hand, Mrs. Marukva, the Rebetzin, used to give tzedakah by inviting the poor person into the house and having them sit down and have a meal. That's a different kind of tzedakah. Which tzedakah is greater? You'll see by the end of the Yerushalmi what, what's important with tzedakah. Omar the posuk in Tehillim doesn't say happy is the person who gives to a poor person. Ela ashrei maskil eldal, and this is the this is what's important. This idea of understanding the ziluta, the cheapening of having to ask for something, is part of ashrei maskil eldal. Use your intelligence. Figure out in the particular case you're giving. Sometimes it's better to give it anonymously. Sometimes it's better to invite the Ani into your home and give them a meal. Figure out what's more covetic, what is more respectful of the dignity of the person to whom you're giving. As David Amalek says, Ashrei maskil eldal, hadam istakel b'mitzvah Look at the mitzvah carefully and figure out how to do it. And we do that with other mitzvahs. Shabbos, and we learn and do it this way and do it that way. And when you make mitzvah, do you put the one challah on top or do you put the other challah on top and backwards and forwards? And how big is the kiddush cup? Is it this size or that size? When it gets to the Ilchot Tzedakah, we give Tzedakah. Who, who learns how to give Tzedakah and how to apply your mind that every time you give Tzedakah, it's different. What are the needs of this person? Are his needs financial? Are his needs emotional? Are they both? Does he need immediate food or does he need money? That's Ashrei Maskil Eldal. Hayomel Bini, when he used to see a, a poor person, he used to say to him, Shamati Yerushami Makom I heard rumors that, that there's an inheritance coming to you. Let me forward you some money in the house that you're not out of money now. When you get the inheritance, you'll pay me back. That's how he did it. Each one found a different way to avoid the Ziluta. But what we see from here is just to become increasingly sensitive to what the Ziluta, to the cheapening involved in having to ask somebody for money. To ask somebody for any, anything else is not Ziluta. But to have to ask somebody for money is, is Ziluta, it's a cheapening. And we need to be aware of, of people's needs in such a way that we can intervene and help them with Tzedakah before they have to ask for help. 